Welcome to the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. I'm Lizzie, a staring contest between two supervillains. And I'm Hannah, a purple wig with bangs. And this week, we're bringing to you a discussion of Disney's Descendants. Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, and thank you to everyone who said such nice things about last week's episode on Get a Clue. Um, yeah, here we are. Yeah, we really hope you enjoyed. Um, we're definitely a different theme this week, um, a much newer film. This is 2015, so we're jumping 13 years from last week. I would say this is a fairly new Disney Channel original movie. I had Mm -hmm. never seen it before. This is definitely kind of the new generation of DCOM. Um, I had seen it many a time because I went through a phase last summer where I like watched all the new ones I hadn't seen yet. Sure. And and then I watched it a lot of times. Excellent. Um, Before we fully dive in, I want to quickly disclaim that we're recording using a different software this week. So hopefully the audio is better slash easier to edit. Yes. And if not, we'll roll with the punches. Yes. And if this ends up being absolutely terrible, perhaps you'll never see this recording. Perhaps we'll have to redo it, but we'll find out. Perhaps it'll be just between us. Yes. (laughs) Just for the girls. Just for the girls. I sent you a lot of texts while watching this movie. You did. I had a lot of You did. And I... I was at dinner and Lizzie was live texting me um, as she was watching. And my mom was like, don't get it all out of the way before the podcast. And I don't said, don't worry. It's, you know, it's just her reactions. And they were funny. Well, so this is actually, this is a momentous occasion here on the pod. With this week's movie, we delve into our first Disney Channel original movie musical. Yes. We have musical numbers, everyone. They're singing and dancing. Okay. What's first? Um, first, we got to get into our objective history because we're Disney Channel original movie scientists. Scholars. Um, and this week's, yes, yeah, scholars. Um, we're, this is academia. Um, and we're going to start by diving right into our 30-second summary. This week, Lizzie is going to summarize the movie for us. I'm going to pull up a timer before we get her started. I'm actually giving her one minute because... If you're, in case you're new here, 30 seconds is way too short to summarize a whole movie. Yes, it is. Okay, so. Three, two, one, go. So there's two different lands. One of them is an island where all of the villains and kind of bad fairy tale characters are from Disney movies. And then there is like the mainland where the princes and princesses and all their kids are. So essentially the like main rulers of the land are Belle and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast and they have a son whose name is Ben who's getting ready to be crowned king of that land whose name I don't remember um and his like main his first proclamation when he becomes king is that he's going to let kids of villains come to school like with the good people so they're doing that. There's four of them who come over. They get shenanigans. Maleficent is wants her daughter to steal the fairy godmother's wand. and But then shenanigans ensue. Romance ensues. And maybe the bad guys aren't actually bad at all. Exactly one minute. I was giving her a countdown, so yeah. that wasn't a coincidence. Yes. But that was a good job. You gave us maybe too much exposition, but yeah. a good overview. Well, the... concept of this movie I didn't really know what it was going into it like I knew it was like the children of villains were somehow involved but I didn't I didn't know what the kind of political context was there of why I didn't know it is confusing yeah so there you go and I'm assuming that there are probably at least a few people who are going to be listening to this who haven't seen this movie Mm -hmm. um in which case, after you listen to this, go listen. Yeah. Or maybe watch, maybe watch the movie first. I mean, definitely listen to the pod, but there are going to be spoilers, so. Yes. Um, okay, I have pulled up an official summary from Disney. Do you want, there's two. Do you want a short summary or a longer one? I'm going to leave that up to your discretion. I'll give it a little bit of a longer one, um, just because it has some more characters, so it's going to lay some more groundwork, so. 
According to Disney Plus, uh, Descendants is in a present day idyllic kingdom, the benevolent teenage son of the king and queen, Beast and Belle, is poised to take the throne. His first proclamation is to offer a chance at redemption to the troublemaking offspring of Cruella, Maleficent, the evil queen, and Jafar, who have been imprisoned on a forbidden island with all the other villains, sidekicks, evil stepmothers, and stepsisters. These villainous descendants, Carlos, Mal, Evie, and Jay, are allowed to into the kingdom to attend prep school alongside the offspring of the iconic Disney heroes. However, the evil teens face a dilemma. Should they follow in their nefarious parents' footsteps and help all the villains regain power, or embrace their innate goodness and save the kingdom? And that's it. <laughs> that's all right. That's mm -hmm. good. That gives people a good overview of what's happening. This movie, not surprisingly, but has a 90% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? And a high 60s, I'm, I'm still trying to pull it up, a high 60s audience score, which is still quite good um, if, from what I can remember. Is this the first decom we've reviewed that's had a critic score? Yes, it is. I wonder if it's because it had a big budget. Do we know what the budget for this was? No, but I can pull it up right now. I have the wiki open. That's something I was thinking about. I would like to see how the budgets of these movies um, perhaps augmented as the years passed, because I certainly think production value has shifted. We have the budget for the third movie oh, of the okay. franchise. The third movie had a, had a budget of about $15 million, which I think is a lot. I have no idea. Maybe actually that's not relevant information since we have no idea what that means in terms of production. Yeah. If we had something to um, compare it to. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I think definitely this score has some to do probably with, of course, um, the director who we'll hop into later. There's also some noteworthy names in the cast, yes. a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think it was kind of um, part of the decom renaissance, so if you will. So for context, Get um, a Clue, last week's movie, had a $1 million budget. But that didn't have okay, any yeah. sort of special effects... Yeah, there was a lot of animation in this. There were clearly um, like handmade costumes, yes. and there, you know, obviously they had to record so. music and have choreographers. I mean, pay for these big names to be on the project. <laughs> it was no budget, low budget. It's an indie film. I don't think anything produced by the Disney Corporation can ever be considered indie ever. <laughs> no. Probably not. I, I wouldn't consider anyone working for Disney to be an underdog. <laughs> Never. More like the villain. Hey, well, speaking of villains, this movie has lots of villains. This movie, yeah, is, is all about the villains, and actually not even them, but their children. One of the most noteworthy villains in the movie, the main villain, if you will, is Maleficent, played by Lizzie You Wanna Tell Us. Kristen Chenoweth. The myth, the legend. This was, this was a complete surprise to me. First of all, this is my first note on, on my little notepad here where I, I've written the title Descendants and then immediately following that because basically there's a scene where the prince, Belle and the Beast's son, is like talking to his dad about his coronation and he's telling him about this proclamation and he's listing this like group mm -hmm. of four villains whose kids he's gonna invite as like a tester they're gonna be like the trial yes. run of this and he's like it's like gonna be jafar and the evil queen from snow white cruella emma stone herself and cruella Deville's son and then there's like a very dramatic pause and he's like and also maleficent and the beast played by a man whose name I do not know goes Maleficent is the most evil villain. And that also caught me off guard because I wrote that. I wrote, do you think Maleficent is actually the most evil Disney villain? No, <laughs> surely not. I went through in my head and I thought, well, maybe she, at least of like the big ones, she's maybe one of the only ones with her own magic. 
which is like kind of scary like there are other ones that like have more evil ideology but like are just like you know yeah Gaston is just kind of like a big burly guy and like Jafar was just like evil but Maleficent can like zap you that's the thing I think it's way scarier when the villains are just people and it's just people acting evil of their own volition and it's the yeah there's no like magic involved in stuff because like first of all i do think it's funny that like it was the beast who was like maleficent's the most evil person and i'm like that was not your villain yeah and then bell says bell says um i give you a second chance and it's like yeah you suck for a lot of your own movie to be fair yeah <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, you were the villain for, like, a solid third of your own movie. <laughs> I also like that they said he was elected as king. He was elected as king, but then his son is just inheriting the throne. And at at the age of 16, which, again, in this first scene, the, the beast, as king, says, that's way yeah. too young for you to become the king. And he's right. Why does he have to become king when he's still halfway through high school? I don't trust 16-year-olds to do most things. Like, it freaks me out that 16-year-olds are allowed to drive in America. That's fundamentally bananas to me. But... Yeah, like, imagine, like, you're, like, the coach in this high school, the tourney coach, and one of your players is just your king. That makes no sense. I do think it was an interesting, like, I like that we're just jumping in to this. But as we were talking about kind of this beginning part here, mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting that the people who wrote this mm-hmm. chose to have Belle and the Beast be the main royals mm-hmm. instead of it being like, Cinderella and Prince Charming or like Snow White. Yeah, because the beast like actually had a personality. I'm wondering if that's what it was. And I'm wondering if and I'm wondering if part of it was mm-hmm. like they picked the people they picked the villains that they wanted first and then True. didn't want any of the villains to be the villain of like who the main royals were because that would have been too complicated yeah that's why like they you know they went to school like um they went uh mal for example the the daughter of maleficent our main character played by dove cameron she, she goes to school and interacts with the daughter or granddaughter of sleeping beauty yeah but like she doesn't have to date her but there is animosity right it would have been too complicated. I don't think it would have been too complicated. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been too complicated for them to do what mm-hmm. they were trying to do and then have it be like Yeah. Sleeping Beauty's yeah. Son I, it, it, you're right. And Maleficent felt like that would be it just wouldn't have worked. So we mentioned earlier, obviously, this is our first musical. So because this is our first musical it takes a very specific type of person to direct um, a musical of any sort. In fact, not even just a specific type of person, but just a specific person. Person. Especially within the Disney Channel um, universe. The Disney Cinematic Universe, if you will. If you will. And that person is the one, the only, Kenny Ortega. Kenny Ortega, if we were to get to the point where we were selling merchandise, we would have Kenny Ortega fan club merchandise. That might be all it was, actually. 100%. Yeah. Because we are the Kenny Ortega fan club. The man don't Living stop. legend, he'll never die. We don't want him to stop. <laughs> Knock on wood. So, first of all, Kenny Ortega, I think, perhaps was introduced to all of us as the director of the High School Musical franchise. Mm-hmm. And what and and he did a good job. However, the man has a huge list of directorial credits. He yes. did the Dirty Dancing TV show in the eighties. Yes, he did the Newsies movie with Christian mm-hmm. Bale. He did Hocus Pocus. He did. He has directed mm-hmm. for Michael Jackson. For I believe the Olympics. he choreographed. Yes, High School Musical, the second Cheetah Girls movie, 
like 12 episodes of Gilmore Girls, all the other Michael Jacks or all the other high school musicals. Julie and the Phantoms. Julie and the Phantoms, which came out this year or last year. I think most recently, Julie and the Phantoms, which I loved. Has very much decom vibes. I watched I watched all of Julie and the Phantoms in a day. I did too. Because I saw all these people on TikTok who were like, Julie and the Phantoms, Julie and the Phantoms. I was like, I don't really know if I want to watch this show. It looks like it might be for children. But then I said, you know what? Don't be like that. Just watch the show. And I mm-hmm. started it like after dinner one night. And I was like, oh, I'll watch like an episode or two, depending on how long it's they are. So and good. I watched the whole thing. It'll be on this week's recommendations. I've already decided. But take this from us now watched Julie and the Phantoms. Um, It's Kenny Ortega. It's all these, actually a lot of actors from Descendants are in it. At least two or, at least three. Really? Oh yes. And we can get into this a little bit later. Boo Boo Stewart is in it. People that I'm thinking of are in Descendants 3. So we won't be getting into them today, but one of them is a Broadway legend. I'll just, I'll just leave it there. We should say that this Descendants is the first of three of the first of three movies. So Hannah knows what's going on in the rest of the storyline. I don't. But we'll we'll be doing other episodes on those as they pop up in our random number generator. I was gonna say, where was I going with this? Do you wanna talk about some of these actors and characters before we dive into our, our plot analysis? I sure do. I sure do. Okay. Do you have any good thoughts? I I certainly have thoughts. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily good. <laughs> um, so the four, yeah, the four villains' kids are Evie, who's the daughter of the evil queen from Snow White. Played by Sophia Carson. Who I thought was very funny. I love Sophia Carson. That was very funny. I thought she did a good job. I thought she was going to be kind of annoying at the beginning, and then she really grew on me throughout the movie. Boo Boo Stewart. Who we know from Twilight. (laughs) Plays Jay, who is Jafar's son from Aladdin. My note on him is that Boo Boo Stewart is so fine. It's applicable. (laughs) That was not my note on him, but that's great. Um, I'm I'm so happy that you think that. so he was giving me very much theater kid vibes. Oh, yes. In all of this, especially the very beginning musical number. It's called Rotten to the Core, which caught me so off guard. They were just, you know, being mm-hmm. evil, causing a ruckus. And then all of a sudden, they were singing and dancing in the street. You know what Kenny Ortega yes. loves more than maybe anyone else on the planet? A dancing scene in the street. <laughs> a dancing yes. scene in the street. Um, I'm thinking about that high school musical scene when they're in like the junkyard and they're dancing on top of cars. Newsies. I think all of the dancing in that takes place in the street. All of the dancing is in the street. Um, and then mm-hmm. Carlos, who is Corella DeVille's son, is played by the late Cameron Boyce. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mal, who is Maleficent's daughter, is played by Dove Cameron. So it's a it's a really strong cast. Yes, I thought they all did a really good job. Um, they also, I think they all, obviously, they're all very young, like our age, around, or slightly younger, slightly older. Yeah, I think Cameron Boyce was the youngest, and he he was our age. He was just older than me. Yeah. So, yeah, they were all very strong. I definitely bought them as being, like, high school students. That wasn't a weird thing. I know that happens a lot in decoms where I'm like, really? You're, I'm supposed to be convinced that you're 17? But I think they did a good job. And I think the only other person that I really wanted to touch on was that Maleficent was played by Kristen Chenoweth, which was a surprise to me. I didn't know that that was coming. Um, And I have a lot of thoughts on that, which we can kind of dive into later. Um, But I do think it was interesting. I was wondering, like, because Dove Cameron is a big 
musical theater person now and starred in a revival of Light in the Piazza um, and some other things. I don't Hairspray Live. Yes, Hairspray Live. I don't remember what else. Where she also played Kristen Chenoweth's daughter. Well, so that's what I was wondering. I knew about that, but I know I've seen them in so many pictures together, and it seems like I, they have a very close relationship, and I kind of couldn't figure out why. <laughs> and then, and then I saw that they obviously had worked together on this, and I was like, okay, that makes a little more sense. I think this was the first time that they worked together. I believe. Um, and then also Kathy. Oh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name right. I want to say it's Najimi plays the evil queen. And she was in Hocus Pocus. Oh. She was one of the sisters. Hocus Pocus, also directed by Kenny Ortega. That makes so much sense. He loves to hire people he knows. It's, it's, Hollywood is a world of nepotism. Um, And you know what? Sometimes that's great. Well, I recognize, so this is going to sound very silly. I recognize, like, I was like, her bone structure looks really similar. And I can't figure out why. So I looked it up and I was, and then I saw her, like, headshot on IMDb. I was like, God, why does that woman look so familiar? And I realized she was in Hocus Pocus. I was like, ha mm-hmm. Um, The only other person I want to really talk about before we kind of dive into plot is the guy who plays... The Beast and Belle's son, Ben. Uh, his name is Mitchell Hope. He's actually British. Really? So he is our second leading man of this series of Deep Dives into DCOMs, who is a British actor playing an American teen. And I think he does a much better job than Greg Sulkin. I hate to say it, and I hope I don't sound ridiculous, but... I was gonna say, I would never... I would have totally just bought that he was that he had that he was American. His American accent was much better. Oh, you know what? I'm seeing he was in. Maybe that's why he looked familiar. Um, so Netflix a couple years ago did a movie called Let It Snow, um, which was based which was based off of a YA novel that John Green by John Green, right? John Green and a couple other authors wrote. I think one of them was Maureen Johnson. I don't remember who the other one was. Whoops. Um, I really love that book. And I do remember watching the movie. I don't think I liked the movie very much. But that's irrelevant. I think he was good in this. Um, He definitely, like, played the part very well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He had some good snarky line delivery. He did. Um, I hate to say it again. He, this is another Kenny Ortega staple, I guess. Mitchell Hope, unfortunately, does not sing in this movie. Anytime that Ben is singing, it's a different voice. I was just going to ask that because he does have a solo song in this, which we can touch on a little bit later because I had a lot of thoughts and feelings and strong reactions about it. And I was really hoping that it was his own voice, but all right. What's next? What's next? What's next? So, Hannah, when was the first time you watched this movie? Did you watch it when it came out? Well, I was just going to say quickly, um, this movie is not based on a book, uh, unlike some other DCOMs. Um, there are Disney Descendants books. There's a series, but it looks like they weren't, they didn't come out until after the movie. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. But now the next... Oh, sorry. You go ahead. Yeah. I know Maggie, my sister, was... Let's see. This is 2015. So she would have been... Six? She would have been six when this came out, I think? So almost seven years ago. Six years ago. Five or six when this came out. Um, And I think she watched it probably around that time but I think got more into it once like you said once the sequels came out and they were showing them like back to back on Disney Channel so there was a moment there where she was very into it and I was like I am really interested in not watching this I'm sorry speaking of Miss Maggie Lizzie do you have any thoughts from an actual child for us today do I I certainly do so Maggie really enjoyed watching this with me. We had snacks, we did popcorn, we did the whole shebang in celebration of the fact that she had seen this and I hadn't. 
So she says, I have loved these movies for years and I'm not stopping now. (laughs) I love the fact (laughs) that even though it wasn't necessary to the plot, Mal helped all of those girls with their hair and their looks and making them feel pretty. Also, if you... Oh, this is a hot tip from Maggie that she let me in on. So apparently, I don't know if you were wondering this, Hannah, because have you seen the sequels? Mm-hmm. I have not. So, and I'm going to wait to watch them until they come up in this situation. But apparently, there's a musical number between Kristen Chenoweth and Dove Cameron where they sing this song called Evil Like Me. And there's like an Easter egg little hint about who Mal's dad is. Oh. Because I was wondering, I was like, who are these children's other parents? Like, are they magic babies? Like, yeah, they're all they're all single parents. Well, that's what I was wondering. But then I was like, or are these villains like making babies? What's going on? Yeah. Is it single cell reproduction? Um, but so yeah, so she said, she said, if you watch rewatch the evil like me museum scene, you see a hint as to who Mal's dad is. Overall, she rates it a four out of five. And she says, we need episodes for the next two movies. So we're gonna have those. I'm really happy. That was a great review from Maggie. Um, yeah, all I have to say, I don't want to spoil anything for Lizzie. All I have to say about who Mal's dad is, who we find out in a later movie, is that they are played by a Broadway legend as well. Really? Yes. Not quite as legendary as Christian Chenoweth. I mean, it can't be, but like a a Broadway star. All right. So Hannah, Maggie Mm -hmm. giving us her preliminary rating of four out of five stars Mm -hmm. is a great segue. Mm. What would you rate this all in all? I was thinking about this since I watched it the other day. I think I'm also going to give it a four or maybe even, gosh, it's a good movie. Maybe 4.25? Well, I'm so happy that you said that because I also gave it a 4.25 out of five stars. Yes. It's a good freaking loved this movie. I am not ashamed to say it. I think also my viewing experience was just very enjoyable. And I think Mm -hmm. going into it knowing basically nothing about any of the plot of this really Mm -hmm. helped. And I gotta be honest with you, I was going into this fully prepared not to like it at all. I was like, I have a feeling Mm -hmm. this is gonna be really cheesy, which of course. I was quite worried you were not going to like it. were definitely. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was super cute. I thought a lot of it was very well done. I think some of the acting certainly left something to be desired. But <laughs> what, what are you expecting? Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. And I thought the kind of the premise of it and the world around it is obviously not, like, the most original thing on the planet. Not, like, mm-hmm. a crazy, unique thing. But I enjoyed it. And I think the fact that they were using characters that, like, everyone was already super familiar with. Like, if you grew up watching Disney movies, like, you already know what what the interpersonal relationships yeah. of some of these characters are. So I thought... Yeah. Very little exposition is is required. Right. And so I I really liked that. I really liked that. And I thought it was fun to see it done live action. So, very cool. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Mm. I'm really glad to hear that. Because I was worried you wouldn't. I was like, oh no. Like, it's just going to be me, like, excited about it. And Lizzie being like, no, Hannah... It's not as good as the Cheetah Girls. I have. Well, we haven't watched Cheetah Girls yet, so we haven't. So we, we can't compare it. them. I have like a solid no. four pages of notes on this, though. I enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. I have a lot. So then, why don't we? Since we have so many notes, why don't you dive in and start hitting us with some of your hot takes? Okay. So I already talked about kind of the beginning part 
Belle and the Beast, that whole world building situation. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I will say, I liked a lot of the costume situations here. I thought it was very interesting. However, the wigs did leave something to be desired. There was some wig action happening here. The wigs. That was Mm -hmm. giving me very much spirit Halloween. Giving very much colorful like each of the each of the villains because that's the thing is it's the villain kids the vks they call themselves who have colored hair to like distinguish themselves from like the the heroes and their colors like go with their parents theming so mal has purple hair um i almost called her sophia eva evie has blue hair carlos has white slash white and black and then jay just has boo-boo stewards yes. long hair his natural twilight werewolf hair yes so. and honestly um uh cameron boyce's wig because i'm pretty sure it was a wig was not terrible. no that was fine all the boys were fine um yeah but unfortunately it was it was poor poor evie and mal their hair was just yeah, not it. it was there was a lot going on there that I didn't love, but that's fine. I was just gonna say I wrote these wigs hurt my heart a yeah, little. Yeah, it wasn't so distracting though that I like was thinking about it throughout the course of the movie. It was just like the initial. No, you get over it quickly. The initial introduction of the characters, I was like, oh, that's a choice that Disney mm-hmm. made. It sure is. And I first mm-hmm. I was also thinking like maybe they're gonna have like a bunch of different hairstyles throughout the course of the movie so they need like a bunch of different wigs and if this is just like a bad wig that's fine but it's pretty much the same thing the entire movie so mm-hmm. that's fine yeah um so i have to say something which i think may be a hot take it is kind of controversial and i would like to make a disclaimer mm-hmm. here so i know we've talked about this in the past hannah and i both very much like musical theater both Mm -hmm. did musicals in our past lives yeah we're retired theater kids Kristen Chenoweth is a very talented woman obviously for those of you who Mm -hmm. may not know who she is she originated the role of Glinda the Good Witch in Wicked the Broadway musical probably her most yeah she's been in a million other things she she is kind of an exceptionally famous Broadway soprano, got an incredible voice. However, I didn't really like her in this movie. She mm-hmm. she was not a scary villain. The villains I wrote, I wrote these villains are comically unevil. Yes. And I think, obviously, maybe that was part of the point. But mm-hmm. if Maleficent's supposed to be the scariest of all of them, as they say in the first minute of the movie, having four foot eleven Kristen Chenoweth play Maleficent, who is shorter than yeah. everyone else in that movie. Yeah. And Dove Cameron is small. Dove Cameron is a small person. And the height was not even the problem. It's just I didn't Yeah, I didn't in really the voice, like her. you know. It it was certainly not Angelina Jolie's Maleficent. No. Honestly, yeah. I so I think that was like the only we could have had Angelina Jolie and Emma Stone, <laughs> and then it would be terrifying. Yeah. I really I haven't watched Emma Stone's Cruella. Should I? You haven't. I've watched it. It's amazing. It? Again, okay. I'm gonna. I've seen it twice. I saw it in theaters and then again on Disney Plus when it was free. I made my parents watch Maybe it. Maybe I'll watch it. Again, this is going to be on this week's recommendations. I'm, I'm writing these okay. down. It's great. Great music. Great costuming. Okay. It's good. Isn't, no animal cruelty. Isn't Emma Thompson in it? Yes. I love Emma Thompson. She is. I believe. Yeah. But so that was really my only like... I kind of wish... In fact, I had already written that down. Was was Descendants <laughs> Rex Cruella. I love that. I wrote that, like, on I Tuesday. Would, I hate to say it, but I think that's the only, like, casting thing that I didn't love. Was Kristen Chenoweth. Mm-hmm. And 
I know it was probably like they were trying to get a big name in there because mm-hmm. a lot of the other like grown up roles were less well known actors. But I think had they gotten a big name to play one of the different roles, it would have been more, it would have had a bigger impact. But I also know that they were probably mm-hmm. looking for someone with a really good voice to do the musical numbers, but it was. Yeah, I was going to say, because she was, she had a big musical number. Yeah. What did you think of her song, Evil Like Me? Oh, I really liked that. I thought it, I thought that was super yeah. fun. And it was very campy and definitely mm-hmm. a musical theater song that they put in a movie. And they really lean into the fact that it's Kristen Chenoweth. So there's point where she has like her evil Maleficent scepter that she is holding mm-hmm. horizontally and doing like a kick line with. It's a chorus yeah, line. Yeah, it's so... For that, I thought that was very funny and definitely detracted Mm -hmm. from the, like, I'm trying to get my daughter to do something evil on my behalf. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will also say, yeah, that was very interesting. I thought the voices in this were really good. I really liked it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that they actually even though some of the voices were replaced vocally i thought it was very good and like they were catchy songs remember when high school musical came out like those songs immediately downloaded to your ipod nano or you're like yes and i can totally see how kids who you know were in the normal Disney Channel demographic when this came out. Like, I can totally see that being. I, I'm wondering mm-hmm. how many dozens of girls around the world sang one of these songs for their, like, middle school or fifth grade talent show. Talent show. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hello, all. Editing Lizzie here. Um, I remembered a question that I wanted to ask Hannah while we were recording this and I totally forgot it in the midst of recording. So now I'm going to pose it to all of you. Did you perform in an elementary school or middle school talent show? And if so, what did you perform? Please let us know on Instagram or on email. I will go first. I performed many a time in many a talent show, but I think the two most important ones were in sixth grade. I performed Taylor Swift's Mean uh, in front of my entire school, and then afterwards went up to a girl who had been bullying my friend and said, I sang that song about you, which was very dramatic of me at the ripe old age of 11. And But preceding that, In the third grade, me and my best friend at the time sang and danced to Fabulous, performed by Sharpay Evans in High School Musical 2. I was going to say, if we want to continue talking about music, we briefly touched upon the song Did I Mention and how it was not sung by Mitchell Hope, who plays Ben, but by... So this is perhaps... Not perhaps. This is my favorite song from the movie. Lizzie, what are your thoughts? I... This... I can't even begin. So essentially what happens is Ben the Prince is dating Sleeping Beauty's daughter. However... Yes. However, Mal gives him a love potion to... So that she will... Get close to him. So and she can steal, steal the fairy godmother's the wand. wand as coronation. That's whatever. And he, the love potion kicks in. He has this tourney game. Tourney is essentially lacrosse, but like the defenders have shields and it's a lot more violent. Yeah. I did have a note saying. Yeah, there's a part of the field is called the kill zone. I was going to say, if lacrosse was more like this, I would absolutely have played lacrosse (laughs) i would absolutely have watched lacrosse 
So basically, he has this tourney game, whatever, and then immediately mm-hmm. following, grabs the mic from mm-hmm. the person who is like commentating this tourney game. Mm-hmm. Side note. The funniest part about all of this to me is on their jerseys, it does not say their last names because they didn't want to go through the process of giving these characters last names. So their jerseys mm-hmm. just say like Ben, Chad, Carlos. Mm-hmm. Carlos. Yes. Jay. Hilarious. And he starts serenading her and it's hilarious. And there's part where he's like riding the mascot of the other people. Which is two people. He's on someone's neck. It's hilarious. And he, like, gets into the bleachers and, like, goes over to Serenader and tries to kiss her. And she, like, turns her cheek and, like, he crowd surfs. It's hilarious. I, I don't know how you feel about this. The prospect of someone serenading me, mortifying. Is it a nightmare? A nightmare. However... When I see scenes like this, or not that this is comparable whatsoever in quality or personal impact on my life, but like the Heath Ledger serenading Julia Stiles and 10 yes. Things I Hate About You. If he looked like Heath Ledger, I think I'd put up with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, this is such an iconic part of the movie. It's some of the best choreography it's great oh, dancing. Absolutely. It really shows off, like, um, it really shows off Cameron Boyce and Boo Boo Stewart, who are both really good they're, dancers. Mitchell Hope, clearly not a singer, not a dancer, but he, he did okay. They're very good dancers. And I knew Cameron Boyce yeah. was, but yeah, that was very mm-hmm. surprising to me and, like, pleasantly surprising to me that they did such a good mm-hmm. job. Um, I was going to say, while we're talking yeah. about Tourney, um, you know, they'll have these jerseys, like Lizzie has talked about. And I want to draw a parallel between King Ben and Mr. Will I Wagner. I knew you were going to say this. I wrote it down. Both are played by British actors doing American accents, like we previously talked about. Both are going into slash are already in politics. Both get a new girlfriend in the movie. And both were jersey number yes. seven. Yes. I'm going to put this on the Instagram, Hilarious. probably. It's the, they knew it was my favorite number, and they said, let's yeah, roll with it's it. It's a great number. Let's Please, Hannah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I will say, so an unanticipated villain of the movie is Cinderella's son, Chad. Chad Charming. Yes. Well, not unanticipated once you hear his name. Right. Once you hear his name, you're like, "Mm." and then at the beginning, you're like, oh, maybe he's just dumb. Maybe he's just a himbo. And then you realize, (laughs) oh, he's evil. Which is calls into an interesting, like, oh. So the villain's kids aren't necessarily bad, and the Prince and Princess's kids aren't yeah. necessarily good. And mm-hmm. so, essentially, Evie, who's the evil queen's... I just got that. The fact that her name is Evie, and her mom is the evil queen. The names were not creative in this movie. Moving along. <laughs> I also just got the thing about the Latin thing with Ben and Mal. Like, Ben, benevolent, Mal, Mal malevolent like good and bad they're literally his name means good and her name means bad no comment i definitely didn't just realize that when you said that but anyway (laughs) um now i'm embarrassed you were saying something about evie Evie so she is kind of portrayed to be you know a more kind of traditional girly girl and she was really into fashion and makeup and hair and like is very which falls into the evil queen's kind of character situation of being like fairest of of them all all. very looks oriented kind of vain and her mom says essentially tells her to go find a rich a rich boy (laughs) to entrap Mm -hmm. and so chad charming is giving her all this positive kind of attention and he's like, oh my gosh, if you just did my homework for me, we would have so much more time to hang out. And then she does it. And that's how people realize that she's kind of really smart. Her in for cheating. She turns her in for cheating. She has like a mini magic mirror. When he decides he doesn't like the villains anymore. Horrible. But 
the great part is she has on her side the best character of the whole film, in my opinion. Doug? Doug. Doug is great. He is a king of decoms, let me tell you. Zach Gibson. Has he been in other ones? He looks familiar. He starred alongside Zendaya in the one Zendaya was in. I don't know. I haven't seen it. About the dogs. There's one about, I can't even remember the name of it, but the one that Zendaya stars in, he's in that. And he's a fantastic dancer in that. I We don't really see him dance that no. much in this, but he is so funny in this so movie. So Doug is Dopey's son. Dopey from Snow White and the Seven mm-hmm. Dwarves has a mad crush on Evie, who's the evil queen's daughter. So I liked that little dynamic. That was cute. And he, they end up, having a good friendship that I think it's implied that there's romantic elements there, which is very cute. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. I loved it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He's super funny, super talented, quirky. So another romantic element here is obviously Mal, who is Maleficent's daughter, Ben, the prince. They go on a date together um and Mm -hmm. it's very cute they ride on his vespa which is hilarious (laughs) yeah however i would just like to say this boy has game he oh yeah this was another one of these moments i texted hannah this i said thank god this movie didn't come out when i was younger because like if i'm enjoying this this much now i would have been insufferable i would have their banter is almost too much for me to handle. Like, it's so She's, good. like, getting ready for the date. It's her first date she's ever been on. Um, which they, like, try to seem, like, make seem like it's a very big deal. And she's, like, 16. And I'm, like, mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, like, getting ready. He comes, picks her up from her, like, dorm room. Because the school is, like, a boarding school. Comes and picks her up. Mm-hmm. And he... She opens the door, and they greet each other, and he says, and I quote, because I wrote this down, he says, For the first time, I understand the difference between pretty and beautiful. I screamed. I paused the movie. I had to run a lap around my house to calm myself down. I had to go. Maggie's laughing at you. (laughs) I should also put a disclaimer. I had to go top off my adult beverage. I needed needed to calm myself (laughs) down. Maggie was snorting laughing at me. She thought I was being ridiculous. I was being ridiculous. But then the boy doesn't stop because they go out to this beautiful, like, pagoda situation. Pavilion, yes. In the middle of this, like, lake stream, whatever. Um, He's set out a little picnic. And first of all, he's like, do you want to go swimming? And I'm like, you didn't tell her to bring a bathing suit. Like, what is going on? No. She's in a dress and combat boots, so no. And he, first of all, one of the best lines of the movie comes in at this scene. Mm-hmm. He says, he says, is this your first time? And she says, I can't, I don't even know if I can say with a straight face. And she says, well, yeah, we didn't really date on the island. It was more like gang activity. And he goes, I mean, eating a strawberry. (laughs) Which it was, her first time eating a strawberry. Um, Yeah, and the strawberries in this movie all looked delicious. I wanted a strawberry. All delicious. Um, So that was hilarious. Yeah, but then he goes swimming. He goes swimming. Then he goes swimming. He's in these board shorts with crowns. Crowns, but that also have his dad's face on them. They also have, like, the logo of the beast on them. (laughs) I didn't catch that. Presidential that's merch. Not, that's not where it's at. White. <laughs> that's not where it's at, gentlemen. <laughs> I don't want you wearing board shorts with your dad's mm-hmm. face on it. That's weird. Please do um, not. Unless it's yeah, but he goes swimming. He does a big roar. Yeah, he weird. goes like half beats. It was weird. Um, and then he, she's freaking out because she thinks he's gonna he's drowned because she can't find him. She fully gets in the water. She's prepared to go save him. She cannot swim. This is important plot point no and he points this out he goes you can't mm-hmm. swim but you were gonna save me anyway you live on- he goes you can't swim you lived on an island and she goes with a magical barrier around it like idiot but that was this he's like um i told you i loved you do you love me first of all they've known each other for eight days but 
He's under it's a spell. Good. Yeah. Give him a yeah. break. And she says, I don't know what love feels like. And he says, maybe I can teach you. Come on. And it's that sweet. was so sweet. I mean, it was a less, a little less sweet because it was dubious consensually. Because, dubious intentions. Because yeah. Like, well, we think he's under a spell. And then it is later revealed but that that alert. spring he yeah. was swimming in was magical. Swimming in. Wipes the love potion off. And it, yeah, it undoes spells. So he was only spelled until he jumped in the water. After, from the rest of the movie on, he is not. However, that's not revealed until, like, the climax of the movie that he knew the whole time. And then he says, when, he, when she finds out, he, she was like, wait, you knew all, you were pretending the whole time? And he goes, I was never pretending. Because he's always had a crush Or, like, he says, like, I wasn't thinking yeah. anything. Very mm-hmm. cute. There's a whole part um, where it's, like, parents weekend. And, first of all, yes, they're all in an acapella group. Which... Was a delight. Yes, and they sing "Be Our Guest." Delight for me. That made me so happy. I love an unnecessary acapella group in a movie. It was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some tension there because Sleeping Beauty's grandmother is there and realizes Mm -hmm. that Mal is Maleficent's daughter and is essentially like, "Oh, I missed my daughter's first step and first words and all these important land, like landmarks in her life." Because your mother was upset she didn't get invited to a party. Which is true. She has a good point. But to, everyone kind of yeah. turns on the villain's kids at that point. Um, yeah. Um, I was going to say, the one plot in the movie, like a small subplot that Lizzie did briefly bring up a little bit earlier, is that Mal is giving some of the other girls in the school makeovers, yes. magic makeovers, because they think she has cool hair and they're like, we're too put together and princessy. We want to be cool like you. And it starts with Jane, who's the daughter of the headmistress, the, um, the not, not wicked stuff. Fairy godmother. The, what's it called? Fairy godmother. Yes, thank you, Lizzie. Yeah, Jane is the daughter of the fairy godmother. And um, so Mal is like, you know, trying to get close to her to, get, again, get to the wand. That's the point of the whole movie. And I write, Mal is gaslighting Jane. Like, gaslight gatekeep girl boss. She's telling her, she's like, well, maybe if your mom loved you, she would let yeah. you have the wand. Maybe if she loved you, she would, mm. you know, give you a makeover like she gave to Cinderella. She must not yeah. love you. Horrible. And I'm like, okay, Mal. Like, also, why are we pretending that Brenna Diamico, who plays Jane, isn't pretty? She's yes. gorgeous. That was definitely taking advantage of just some self-esteem issues. Like, she just had a, a bob haircut. So then at the end, or then, well, once all of them have turned on her, Mal gets her revenge and turns all their hair back the way it was. Um, mm-hmm. To having, essentially, they all have a bob. And they're all upset about this. So Yeah, again. Whatever. Yeah. Just grow your hair out. Don't be weird. Um... But yeah. And then the big kind of final climactic point of the movie, they're at the coronation. The fairy godmother, nope, 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 nope. Maleficent this entire time has been trying to get Mal to steal the fairy godmother's wand so that they can bust out of the island and villains can take over the world. Yeah, I guess we hadn't established yeah. that yet. That's, That's the, the plot. plot. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Less important than the musical numbers. Um, yeah. And... You see the wand get taken by someone, and these sparks are going everywhere. And you're like, "Oh no, Mal did it!" And Jane is the one who Mal takes did it. the wand because she's like, "If you're because Mal gaslit yes, her," she's like, "Well, Mom, if you're not going to help me with your magic, then I guess I'll do it myself." And at this point, Mal has had a change of heart and is like, "I don't want to be the bad guy. I want to be a good person." Kristen Chenoweth breaks off the island, turns into a dragon, freezes everyone, mm-hmm. and then. Something we haven't talked about, which maybe we should have to explain my intro today, is that the way that Mal and her mom kind of, like, face off magically is with a really intense magical staring contest where their eyes glow green, and it's very weird. So it's Kristen Chenoweth as a dragon, and then Mal Mm -hmm. (laughs) having... 
Yeah, it's unclear what they're doing. Like, if it's magic, if they're, like, mind-controlling the other person, if it's just, like, who breaks eye contact first. And Duff Cameron, as Mal, (laughs) is doing this spell. And essentially her mom, as the dragon, uh, changes into a beast the size of the love in her heart. So she turns into a teeny tiny lizard. An itty bitty lizard. lizard. Who then they give to Mal to keep as a pet. Yeah. Which is, she's like, oh my god, be careful, that's my mom. <laughs> Which yeah. is a Um, oh, that, that, it's a good climax, yeah, and then they decide they want to be good. Because, you know, the whole way along the way, they're realizing, you know, we're not our parents, our parents are mean to us, we don't want to be like them, we, we like living here where people are nice. Yeah. Um, one of the, vil- not villain kids, one of the characters that we meet along the way is Mulan's daughter named Lonnie, because again, the names are really um, yes. creative. And they meet her, and you know, she's talking to them about, they're making chocolate chip cookies for the love potion. And she's explaining what chocolate chips are, and they don't get it. And she's like, she, it's so sad. She says, oh. I thought even villains love their kids. Because she's like, didn't your mom ever make you, like, cookies when you had a good, bad day? And, it, you know, it helps, and it puts everything into perspective. And I thought even villains loved their kids. That and it's like, no, they don't. Me. I won't even pretend it didn't. That we had to like pause for a second. So I that was so unexpected. It was so unexpected. And they were all like after she left, they were like, mm, that was weird. But you can tell that it's starting to kind of wear on them as the time goes by. And like I think the best like example of this is Cruella Deville has told her son, Carlos, the whole time <laughs> that dogs are evil rabid pack animals who like eat humans so that he won't ever mm. want to be he's terrified, terrified of, of dogs and the school has a dog who's like their little mascot and then he like falls in love with this dog and the dog like sleeps in his bedroom with him and they're like best friends mm-hmm. and he's like oh my god my mom has been lying to me they're like realizing that yeah they're realizing that their parents have lied to them all along in that you know well, yes, you know, there are some mean people on in Oradon. You know, obviously, Chad kind of sucks, and Audrey is is petty. But, like, their parents love them. And clearly, the villain kid's parents, like, don't necessarily no. love them. And it's sad. No, the only parent who, like, villain parent who even seems to take any sort of genuine interest in their kid is the evil queen. And it's... Mm-hmm. And even that, she's yeah. like, it's just like, oh, my daughter's so pretty. Yeah. Oh, my daughter's gonna... Make sure you find a prince with yeah. a castle. And then that's a great kind of plot arc at the end there because it's Evie. It's what makes Evie them realizing, good. like, wow, I'm really talented. Like, I'm good at so many things, mm-hmm. and be- mm-hmm. and being pretty is a- just one of them. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I don't need a. I would. I don't need a, a stupid. Yeah. Boy. No chads. To yeah. No yeah, no chads. Doug will like me because I'm smart and because talented I'm and talented nice. and yeah. crafty. And then they set it up. They set it up for a sequel at the end. Mal, like, you know, they're doing their finale number and then Mal turns around and faces the camera because there's narration like twice in the movie at the beginning and at the end. And she goes, what? You didn't think this was the end of the story, did you? And then her eyes glow green. <laughs> so I random generated... Our movie for next week. I've been giggling the whole time because I'm so excited. And Lizzie has been making a lot of comments this pod that are actually kind of funny considering that next week we're watching Descendants 2. Are we really? We are. Great. It does literally it came up. Pirates in it? It does. The second movie, again, I don't want to take anything away from next week is d- even better than the first, in my opinion, and has some wow. great music. Some great music from the Pirates. Okay. Okay, so I guess we've executively decided that because we random generated Descendants 2 for next week... It's a sign. Um, It's a sign that we will do Descendants 3 the week after. Great. So, next week. Our weekend, first series. Our first, yeah. This is gonna be our mini-series. So... Mm-hmm. Next week, 
is going to be Descendants 2. Does it have a name or is it just called Descendants 2? It's just Dis- Disney's Descendants 2, I think. And then, so that'll come out on the 28th. And then October 5th, we will wrap up the Descendants series. And then perhaps launch into some pre-plans, spooky time mm-hmm. goodies. Yeah, we're excited for, for October. We are. And there's also going to be some special Halloween content planned on the Instagram. So yes. if you have not followed us on the Instagram, I can't imagine you haven't. It's no. at slumberparty.pod. Please, 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 if you have friends or family or bus drivers or an arch nemesis that you think would enjoy our podcast, please mm-hmm. share it with them. We are very, very grateful for the people who have been listening so consistently through mm-hmm. the last few weeks. And I feel like we're getting more into the hang of it. And I'm very yeah. excited for this to keep growing. Mm-hmm. We've reached 100 plus listens, which is crazy. We were thinking that that would take us like probably 10 episodes to get to. Yeah. We're at 113 at this moment that we're recording. Yes. And we're now at seven five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Are any of the new ones you? No. That's great. Only one is me. Only one is me. Oh yay. <laughs> yeah. So, again, um, we're super happy for everyone that's been listening. I know a lot of people um, are like, I'm listening in parts. I haven't finished it yet. And that's okay. You know, we just appreciate the support. This has been the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. This episode was edited by Lizzie and collectively conceived of as a postgrad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This podcast has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week for our discussion of Descendants 2. I am excited. This this episode's coming out on the best day of the year, the 21st night of September. Um, I was sad. I was like, where am I going to hear that song this year if I'm not walking past a frat house on the way to dinner? <laughs>